Many people on the right are hoping that Donald Trump wins not just because they want him to win, but they're hoping to see an explosive meltdown from the left like we did in 2016. Well, I don't know who is going to win, but the polls suggest it's going to be Joe Biden. Yet still, as of right now, Democrats are starting to sweat a bit, dare I say, panic. Why? They are not seeing the turnout they need in early voting in Miami. Miami-Dade County is deep blue. It's supposed to go Democrat, but right now, according to early election data, it is Miami is swinging Republican very, very hard. Now, Miami is still Democrat, but they're seeing weak turnout, weaker than it was in 2016, and they're starting to get scared. Of course, all of these polls across the country are saying crazy things. Texas is going to swing Democrat for the first time in 44 years, they say. It's a toss-up state. How could that be? Texas? Texas is red. Some people are saying Minnesota on the right. They're saying Minnesota could, could possibly go red. I mean, we saw the mayors in the Iron Range endorse Donald Trump. Well, the pundits say Minnesota is going to be blue. Our forecast says Minnesota will be Democrat. And Texas might actually flip. If that were true, wouldn't Joe Biden go to Texas and try to actually flip the state? Why is Joe Biden going to Minnesota, a state which is supposed to be a Democrat stronghold that he shouldn't need to campaign in? Could it be, my friends, that the polls are wrong, very wrong, and Joe Biden knows it? Imagine there is a 10 point swing in Joe Biden's favor, inflated numbers. I use 10 points because we've seen from certain research I've highlighted in the past that about 10% of Trump voters lie about who they're going to vote for. Now, I don't know if that's actually true, but imagine this. Imagine Texas is in toss up territory. Imagine Minnesota is seven points for Joe Biden. That actually means that there's no way Joe Biden can win Texas because Trump actually has a massive advantage and that Minnesota is slipping and might actually turn red. We've got some stories coming out from Politico. They talked to two researchers who said Donald Trump is likely going to win and they are undercounting the Trump shy vote. Now, naturally, many of these pollsters are trying to dispute these claims. But one of these organizations, Trafalgar Group, predicted Trump would win in 2016. And they got it right. They predicted most of the states correctly. They're now saying Trump is going to win re-election. And all of these pollsters are desperately trying to say it's not true. You can't win. Donald Trump won't win. Well, in fact, perhaps he really will. And although these polls came out and it seems that we should trust them, why should I trust the media at this point? No, they've lost all credibility, especially with the Hunter Biden story. It's gone. In which case, I don't care for any of the polls. I care about what we're seeing. And what are we seeing? We've got to stop the bleeding. Democrats sound alarm in Miami. Party officials in Florida's most populous county are sweating. Weak early voter turnout among several key groups. All I care about is, are they going to get the votes? I don't care about their models, their polling, their forecasts. Let's take a look at the hard numbers. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate. If you would like to support my work, there are many ways you can give. You got a P.O. box, you want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. Now, for those of you that may be voting Trump, this is perhaps good news. You will be hopeful and you will hear that the polls are doing really well. So maybe you want to share that boost the morale of those who agree with you. I suppose if you're a Biden supporter or someone on the left, maybe Democrats need to realize 
They don't have this one in the bag. I saw a tweet from Cenk Uger uh, earlier today where he was like, Trump knows he's going to lose or whatever. And I was like, look, of all people, you know, Cenk should understand the risk of saying we know what's going to happen. I'll just say this. I don't know who's going to win. Part of me wants to say, trust the experts. The polls say Trump will lose. But now we look at as the days go on, they start saying, actually, it's improving. It's improving. And now it looks like Trump might actually win Florida, Minnesota, even. Seems like he's going to win Pennsylvania. If we go off the news, if we go off the sentiment, if we go off what we hear from our friends and our family, and if we go off those who were right in 2016, Donald Trump's going to win. Now, I don't know what will happen because things have changed dramatically. But if you think it's if you think I do a good job and you think this information is, is relevant, please share this video and don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And let's find out exactly why Democrats are freaking out. Political reports. Democrats are sounding the alarm about weak voter turnout rates in Florida's biggest county, Miami-Dade, where a strong Republican showing is endangering Joe Biden's chances in the nation's biggest swing state. No Democrat can win Florida without a huge turnout and big winning margins here to offset losses elsewhere in the state. But Democrats are turning out at lower rates than Republicans and at lower rates than at this point in 2016, when Hillary Clinton won by 29 points here and still lost the state to Trump. (laughs) That's freaky. One particular area of concern is the relative share of ballots cast by young voters of color and less reliable Democratic voters. Part of the problem, according to interviews with a dozen Democratic elected officials and operatives, is the Biden campaign's decision to discourage field staff from knocking on doors during the pandemic and its subsequent delay in green lighting and funding a return to door to door canvassing. Yikes. Sounds like they're already starting to make excuses. Sure. Quote, we did not get the kind of funding for different vendors who would do that type of work until late in the campaign. Rep. Frederica Wilson, a party institution who represents Miami's heavily black congressional district. Wilson said the good news is that Biden's running mate Kamala Harris is working with her on a turnout event for this weekend geared toward young black men. But the veteran congresswoman said there are still skilled operatives in her district who excel at turnout work who have yet to get approved by the campaign. A puzzling delay for an operation that raised a record $363 million the month before. Unless, of course, here it is. Joe Biden is not planning on winning. And all the money they're raising, they're going to pack their coffers for the next cycle because they don't think Joe Biden can be president. They don't want to waste any up and coming young stars in the Democratic Party. And so they're not going to spend money in Florida because they know they're losing it. Joe Biden's campaigning in Minnesota, which feels like he's desperately trying to stop a dam from breaking. If he was actually on the offensive, he'd be in Texas saying, I'm going to flip this state blue. But it kind of reminds me of like a boxing match when you got one guy just pushed against the corner and he can't get out and the other guy's dominating the center. That's it. Joe Biden, he's got everyone cheering for him, saying he's the favorite, but he is getting pummeled right now. Quote, I screamed, hollered, I called, I lobbied from the top to the bottom. Wilson said of her efforts to get turnout operations started in the community, including sending written proposals to the Biden to Biden's campaign and having virtual Zoom meetings with his advisors. In a sign of the state's importance, Biden and Trump both campaigned in Florida on Thursday. Biden held an event in Broward County, which is located within the Miami Fort Lauderdale media market, and then held a rally in Tampa where Trump held his own event to burst boost early voting turnout. Wilson 
and other Democrats aren't panicking yet, although I would say they are. They take comfort in the fact that huge swaths of Democratic voters cast absentee ballots by mail statewide and that Biden narrowly leads in most Florida polls, including a Monmouth University likely voter survey released uh, uh, released Thursday that put the former vice president up by six points. That margin is far bigger than in Democratic internal polls. Party officials also point out that black churches are planning souls to the polls event Sunday and encourage voting after church. However, in the era of coronavirus, church services are virtual virtual and organizing those events is more difficult than in past elections. Which brings me to the next and most important bit of news from Jason Miller. Now, of course, Jason Miller is he's principal SHW partners and a real Donald Trump 2020 senior advisor and a 2016 communications advisor. He tweeted, just spoke with a smart Democratic strategist who is upset with the media's suppression campaign against Biden voters. Dems have spent months scaring voters away from in-person voting and are now realizing they need those votes and media COVID fear mongering isn't helping. Additionally, these possible Biden voters just aren't that excited to go stand in line for him on top of the media driven COVID in-person voting fears. Massive enthusiasm disadvantage for Biden camp heading into Election Day is a problem. The red wave is coming. And then we see this from Amy Klobuchar breaking because of last minute ruling Minnesota, Minnesota do not put ballots in mail anymore. In the middle of a pandemic, the Republican Party is doing everything to make it hard for you to vote. Stand up for your rights. Vote in person or take mail-in ballot directly to ballot box. Yikes. They are now advising Eric Holder, Amy Klobuchar, and many others. They're advising people not to vote by mail. But they spent the whole year telling people that COVID is coming to get you. And there is a major advantage that Republicans have. Republicans aren't that scared of it, for the most part. And Democrats are mortified. Do Democrats want to stand in line for hours to vote for Joe Biden? No. Do they want to stand in line for hours to vote against Donald Trump? No. Some of them do. A lot of the Trump derangement people, they will probably crawl over broken glass to vote against Donald Trump. But you need more than that. The people who are voting for Trump are excited, enthusiastic. They want to do it. That says to me that there is a serious error in the polls. Now, I want to make sure I highlight this news here. It's from the Star Tribune. Dueling presidential campaign visits come to Minnesota. Wow. Joe Biden is defending against a possible flip nearly 48 years in the making. This state, Minnesota's not voter Republican for the president since 1972. Why is Joe Biden there if he was going to win easily? Because he's not. I'm sorry, because the polls are wrong. From Politico, People are going to be shocked. Return of the shy Trump voter. In 2016, pollsters Ari Captain uh, and Robert Cahaley saw Trump coming. In 2020, they see polls again, underestimating his support. I'll tell you one of the most interesting things about this is that Robert Cahaley mentions that the polls were wrong in the midterms. That's right. The pollster said they fixed everything. Don't worry. We got it wrong in 2016. We fixed it. It's going to be good now. And then they were wrong in Florida by like four percentage points. Check this out. This is from Robert Cahaley of the Trafalgar Group. He says, uh, well, let, me, let me read you the question. Election day is next week. 
National polling averages show Biden leading Trump by around nine points. And 2016 averages had Clinton up around three. But you both ran polls that showed Trump winning the presidency. What do you see? Robert Cahaley says, first, we don't do national polls. That's for for the same reason. I don't keep up with hits in a baseball game. It's an irrelevant statistic. But the battleground state polls are a little closer than the national polls. And that's a lot at play. People are going to be shocked. A lot of people are going to vote this year who have been dormant or low propensity voters. I think it's going to be at an all time high. The model of who's going to turn out this year are very flawed. What type of person comes out for Trump? They're not a normal election participant. They're a low propensity voter, probably like me, to be completely honest. We included them in all of our surveys in fall 2016, and we are including them now. I'm going to tell you something before I read this, because he points out how the polls are wrong. And this, is, this is important. I haven't voted since 2008. Uh, uh, for, I, I didn't vote for, uh, in a presidential election since the first time I voted. I voted recently, and I voted all Republican. And that's the first time I've ever done it. In the past, I voted for all Democrat when I was younger because I was basically just told to. I voted for Obama because people told me it was like hope and change. And then I didn't vote. I didn't care. I thought the system was broken. But I'll tell you why I did. As I sit here and thought to myself, it's not going to be an easy thing to do. It's, uh, you know, I work all the time. I work uh, 16-hour days all day, every day. And I've not been a voter for a very long time. But I thought to myself something important. If I, of all people, am willing to get up and, and do what I have to do to make sure I vote, that said a lot to me. Because I got to tell you, I've been lazy when it comes to voting for a long time. I've just not believed in it. And if someone like me is willing to actually get up and do it, that will say a lot for what other people are willing to do. I truly believe that if I say to myself, I will go vote, and then I do, a lot of other people feel the exact same way. And if you are one of these people who says, I probably should, but I don't know. No, you have to. You have to. You have to. Because the polls are wrong. Check this out. He says, polls are undercounting the people who don't want to give their real opinions. If they had corrected anything, why didn't they see Ron DeSantis winning in his 2018 race for governor in Florida? They made the exact same mistake with his opponent, Andrew Gillum. The final real clear politics polling average in that race had Gillum up by 3.6 points. DeSantis won by 0.4. They were off by four points. Now there's a margin of error in these polls. But I tell you, he's right. Kahaley said they got it wrong. They did not fix anything. This wasn't some random state's race. This was the hottest, meanest, neck-and-neck races for governor and senator in, a, in Florida in an off-year election. Every single major player was polling that state, and 100% of them got it wrong. We got it right. You need to make sure, if you're voting on election day, I, I mean, I gotta be honest, you should vote early. You should vote early, and if, and if you're in a vote-by-mail state, drop your ballot off in person and do it now. You do not want to risk waiting until the day of with massive lines, go vote. But also don't forget, bring several people with you. Make it a day, make it a thing. Get your friends together and say, we're all going to vote. That's the thing we're doing today. Get everybody to vote. I'm actually really inspired to hear we're going to have record high voting voting turnout. It gives me hope that people are actually participating. But it also kind of makes me worried. It's that with regular people getting pulled into the fray, 
This could be people making like a last stand of some sort. Like, I'm going to try voting this one time. And if we lose the confidence of people, it could be bad. I don't know who's going to win. But I'll tell you what. Why does this guy Kahaley think that the polls are worse now than they were? The question asked of him was, Hillary Clinton was, uh, was, was up by three points and she ended up losing, but she still did win the national popular vote by about two. Joe Biden's at nine up nationally or more. Why should we assume he's going to lose if he's nine points above? I've heard it from other progressives. Listen, we know the polls may have been off in 2016, but there's no way the polls are off by this much. Except Rob Cahaley. Uh, Rob Cahaley brings up a really important point. In 2016, what was the worst that would happen to you if you came out and supported Trump? People might be mean. You, you might be embarrassed. What's the worst that happens now if you come out and support Trump? You're beaten. You're fired. They target your home. They threaten you. Now, there's a, there's a big reason why people don't want to admit they would, they would support Trump. There's also the fact that, you know, people don't want to admit they want the economy to open back up. It might result in more people losing their lives. But Rob also makes a really good point about people getting phone calls, not answering them, and people just not wanting to share how they really feel with anyone, period. I mean, imagine this. You're distrustful of the media. They lie all the time. You get a phone call and I'm supposed to be like, let me just spill the beans. They point out both pollsters. You've got Rob Cahaley and you have Ari uh, Captain. They point out that people don't want to admit it to anyone, even their friends. So they have an interesting question they ask. Now, I could ask you, who do you plan on voting for? And people will say Biden. I'll ask you this. Who do you think your friends are going to vote for? And then people say Trump. They said in their past polls in several elections, asking people who they think their friends will vote for gives them a better, gets them closer to the actual numbers than asking them who they would vote for. Nobody wants to admit it. So they might say, oh, well, you know, people around me, I think they're going to vote for Trump, but not me. I'm the virtuous one. Please don't hurt me. Makes sense, doesn't it? I think so. So what do we end up seeing if Donald Trump wins? It will be a catastrophe of historical proportions if the polls are wrong this time. And I got to tell you, I think they are. Now, I don't know who's going to win. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say, I think Trump is going to win for this, that, and this reason. I think, you know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is, I think these things help Trump win. I don't know if it will be enough. A four-point swing still has Joe Biden up five points nationally on average. So he might still win. But if Joe Biden is up five points, Nate Silver said that puts him only in kind of safe territory. Nate Silver said in his forecast models, Joe Biden needs to be five plus in the national average to be safe. National average is meaningless. Battle stout, uh, battleground state. I mixed them up. That's what matters. Battle stout. Sounds like a beer. Joe Biden needs a significant lead nationally because the battleground states are where it matters. The Hill reports positive Trump polls are sparking polling circle debate. Could you imagine if the polls are wrong worse than they have ever been? I'll tell you what. There's a lot of reasons why I want Trump to win. It may be that in my desire to see him win, I've got rose colored glasses and I'm saying, see, look, Trump can still win, but maybe the polls are just so bad. Joe Biden's going to crush it. I don't know for sure. 
I think based on the fact that Joe Biden's campaigning in Minnesota, it's not a good sign for him. Or he's so sure of himself, he's just dancing around and having a good old time in Minnesota for no reason. No, I think he's worried about losing Minnesota and he knows he can't win Texas. If Joe Biden thought he could flip Texas, he would be there because that is a massive victory that would probably make it impossible for Trump to win. I think it's 35 electoral votes. I'm not entirely sure. But Joe Biden's not trying to win it. He's trying to defend a state that he should easily win. That says to me that they are worried about this. But I'll tell you what, I can talk about the wars, the peace agreements, withdrawing our troops. I can talk about the things that I like that I see with Donald Trump that he's improved upon. And I'll note, somebody mentioned this to me, and I got to fact check it. So, so, so make sure you fact check this one. That drone strikes under Trump have dropped dramatically since he fired John Bolton. That sounds like good news. I'll have to look into that one. You want to know what I'm excited for? Now, there are a lot of conservatives that are saying it's going to be so great when Trump wins again. The leftist meltdown, the screaming, the throwing shelves and flipping tables. Sure, it'll be entertaining. That's what some conservatives are saying. No, I don't want to see people suffer and freak out. I don't want to watch someone cry on camera and say, how could this happen? And drop to their knees and go, no, I'll admit it's funny to watch this stuff because people are overreacting for sure. But you know what I will absolutely bask in the glory of? The media being so insanely wrong that as institutions, the trust in them shatters. It would be like Donald Trump singing a perfect high C and shattering all the wine glasses in the room that is the mainstream media for all their lies, all their deceit all their duplicitousness and deception to watch them utterly fail and just say, finally, now, you know, when I say they're lying, they are lying because fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me three times. You're not going to fool me again. Right. If the media got 2016 wrong, everyone says, oh, okay, okay. And then we hear from Trafalgar Group, they got 2018 wrong as well, but no one really cared because it was an, you know, it was, it was midterms. Imagine if they get the Trump numbers wrong twice. That'll be it. Their polling makes no sense. Trafalgar Group is heavily criticized by many pollsters saying they're claiming that Trump's going to win a Detroit district, a metro district. They're so crazy. Well, first of all, maybe he will. Nothing's impossible, right? More importantly, 538's model has a scenario where Donald Trump wins California and loses the national uh, and loses the Electoral College. Tell me more about how Trafalgar is wrong and 530 and all these others are just so right in everything they say. Forget the polls. Forget the media. Trust your heart. Go out and vote and vote for who you think is the right person. I don't care if it's Joe Biden. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. I don't care if it's Joe Jorgensen, Green Party, whatever you vote, how you feel is right. And you will have my respect for it. Now, I will be disappointed in, in my friends who are voting for Biden because I don't think they know anything about the uh, about the establishment crony Democratic politicians. And I think their their view of Donald Trump is skewed by fractured and manipulative media. But I look, that's not it's not it's not my decision to make. I might think I'm right. They probably think they're right. They can vote how they want. So you go out and vote how you want. That's great. I'm excited for the massive voter turnout. But I will say it. I will say it again. Don't don't listen to the media. Right now, we are hearing, as I mentioned, from Trump's uh, communications advisor, the Democrats have warned all of their voters to be scared of the polls. 
go vote by mail. They put all their eggs in this basket. And it was a big mistake. They thought they were going to win all these Supreme Court rulings. Some of them. Not all of them. And now in the states where they told everyone the boogeyman's coming to get you. People are scared to vote. Okay, it's not unfair. The COVID is is serious. It, It is serious. But Fauci and Burks have both said we can vote in person safely. Just wear your mask. You know, do it right. I guess what we're seeing right now with Florida, with many other places, the GOP has got a lead in Michigan, Ohio, and I think Wisconsin. I mean, these are the blue wall states Trump's trying to win. And now he's campaigning in Minnesota. I think the shy voter is real. I think Donald Trump is on track for a very serious victory. That's just my gut feeling. In reality, based on everything I've seen, I just don't know. I just don't know. So let me clarify that because I know people are going to be like, use contradictory. No, no. What I'm saying is, in my mind, I cannot get myself to the point where I believe Trump is going to win because Biden is, 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 is in the lead and people really hate Trump and the media lies. And it's, 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 I have no idea. But in my gut, my gut instinct is like, how could Joe Biden win? I don't know if you saw the video, but I posted a video earlier. Someone else posted this video and then I commented on it. Joe Biden says, we are going to mobilize a true. What do you say? True and Nashabada depression. True and Nashabada depression. We're, we're going to mo- mobilize a true and out of depression. I'm not, I, I don't know what that is. It's one of the craziest things I've ever heard a president say. The craziest thing about it, everyone's cheering as he says it. He says, true and Ashabada depression. True, true and Asha. It's just gibberish. You're probably like, Tim, you're not even saying a word. I know I'm not saying a word. It's a, it's a video of him saying it. That guy, president, I just can't picture it. this. Look, Donald Trump, WWE Hall of Fame, bombast, all that stuff. But I can still imagine him winning. George W. Bush said some dumb stuff. But this guy, Joe Biden, saying random slurred gibberish words. I just can't imagine a man like that winning. So I'll leave you with this. I think the polls are wrong. They do. We'll see. It would be the it would be the end of media. It would be hilarious. But listen, we've got warning signs. The Democrats pay attention to this one. The Democrats in Florida are screaming because they're not getting support for getting out the vote in Miami. Why? Is Joe Biden really not trying to win? Maybe. And maybe the polls are wrong. I don't know. But why wouldn't Joe Biden be doing his best to try and get Florida? He needs to win Florida. I mean, Trump not only look, we saw the blue wave, the 31, you know, moderate Democrats who won in the midterms. Republican senator and governor won in Florida. They need to be throwing everything they can at Florida. But instead, Joe Biden's in Minnesota. Minnesota, don't you know? He's a Democrat stronghold. He's not supposed to lose there. He needs to be in Florida or Texas. I think uh, I think Democrats are projecting a loss on this one. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know what to tell you. Except this. It's Friday. Tuesdays are coming. It's going to be fun. My advice to all the conservatives, there's going to be a lot of people on the right who will probably freak out if Donald Trump loses. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to laugh. Life is just. It's just it, it just is. We do our best, but you can't change. You can't uh, change everything. You can't control everything. You can't change the direction of the wind, but you can't adjust your sails, the old saying. And that means there may be a tide coming that's going to push Joe Biden over the edge. 
You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to laugh. It's going to be funny. I think Joe Biden's going to cause a lot of problems. I think it's going to be destabilizing. I think it'll be bad for a lot of people. But what do you do? Do you scream at the wall, drop to your knees and go, no, no. You act like an adult. You say, well, you know, better luck next time. We better campaign twice as hard and get that message out and fight for what we believe in. The Democrats, however, will explode. I think if I think if Trump loses, we're going to get a few conservative montage videos of people like freaking out, saying things like the end is here. Ah. And it'll be funny. And I'll laugh at that, too. Seeing Joe Biden say true and Ashabada to pressure, which is just random gibberish, made me laugh at the absurdity of today's world. If that man wins, Trump is going to Trump says he's going to leave the country. That will be wow. Come on, Trump. I know Trump's running against the media on this one. But if Trump loses, it's going to be funny. I don't know. Just have a good time. Smile. Will. Uh, smile, won't you? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash News. It's a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all next time. The other night, Don Lemon compared Trump supporters, his friends, to drug addicts, saying that he had to get rid of them from his life and that they had to hit rock bottom. So they can finally realize that they're just parroting talking points from state TV. It's really funny about the current state of media. CNN is basically a propaganda arm for the Democratic Party. And basically every other news outlet, for the most part, is as well. And Fox News had a Bernie Sanders town hall and regularly has on Democrats. And Trump rags on Fox News all the time. Fox News is not state TV. That's literally what Don Lemon referred to it as. And it is not the Trump supporters who are the addicts in his life. It is Don Lemon himself who has refused to step out of the bubble. But this is the perfect example of the fractured, broken establishment media. And it creates a very interesting effect that some pollsters say will lead to a Donald Trump victory. Now, I don't want to get too much into the Trump stuff because this one, we're going to talk about the media manipulating people's brains. And what really worries me, this idea that if Trump loses, we are going to have truth and reconciliation commissions. And I'm not exaggerating. From NPR, October 11th, healing U.S. divides through truth and reconciliation. And we've heard this from some high profile Democratic activists that the only way to, to heal this country is with truth and reconciliation. Now, it's not as nefarious as a lot of people might frame it out to be. It's not like they're going to round people up and throw them in gulags or something. But they're going to probably take away people's social media accounts. They might shutter their bank accounts. They might cancel them. And now I can already hear the left is saying, Tim's a conspiracy theorist. No, those things have already happened. Okay, I am not I am not telling you anything more than is already being done. This is the funny thing about what we can expect to happen and what I think will happen if Joe Biden wins, and the Democrats win the Senate. It's, you know, I got to be honest, the Senate is arguably more important than the presidency, at least in a lot of ways. Maybe not, maybe, maybe there's pros and cons between both, but if Democrats win the Senate, it's going to be a hoot, expanded uh, or rotating Supreme Court. But you've got a lot of people who believe this broken and dejected world. And that's Don Lemon. And that's Chris Cuomo. And I tell you, man, if you're a regular person and you're not paying attention, it might seem like they're telling you the truth. But if you're watching me, then you probably already know. I got to say what these people do and what Don Lemon has said about these Trump supporters, intentional lies.
And I'll tell you why. Now, look, I don't know what Don Lemon knows. I know that he once was like um, some organization said he was the worst journalist like in the world or whatever. Like he actually won some fake award for being like the worst journalist of 2016 or something. I can't remember what it was. But Don Lemon may be really dumb. Okay, that, that, that might be his thing. I mean, there was that one episode way back when, when where he was like, you know, a lot of people think the missing Malaysian airplane may have been swallowed into like, you know, black holes. I know it's preposterous, but is it preposterous, Mary? And then the lady's like, you know, even a small black hole would swallow the whole universe. Not kidding. That actually actually happened. So sure, Don Lemon was just doing entertainment. Fine. But Chris Cuomo openly lies And we know he's lying because even other journalists had no choice but to accept that he's lying when he said that he didn't break quarantine. We know he did. We have a witness. He talked about it and then later was like, oops. He recently had Tim Murtaugh, communications director for the Trump campaign, on his show, who called him out and said, you broke quarantine and then pretended to come out of your basement. It was not true. Not true. Chris Cuomo was lying to us. Take that. That's a fact. And now look at what CNN is doing. When I watch Fox News, do they lie? To be honest, no, they don't. I think Hannity and and Laura Ingram can be bombastic. That's about it. You know, look, when it comes to Fox News, and I mean this, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I just view Hannity and Laura Ingram as kind of predictable. And the talking points come off as, you know, I, I think Ingram is, in my list, Tucker Carlson's their, their best personality. And I think he's straightforward, honest, and he's, he's, he's got his finger on the pulse. He knows what, he knows what's up. Then you got Ingram, then you got Hannity. I'm not a big fan of any of these late night, uh, uh, pundits anyway. So I'm not trying to single out the Fox News guys. But for the most part, they're not, they're not lying. They're just a bit bombastic or emotional or whatever. You turn on Rachel Maddow, you turn on CNN, you turn on NBC News. Wow. That's all I can say. The lies are insane. They are losing their grip on their ability to manipulate and control the minds of individuals. It was Micah Brzezinski over at MSNBC who once was said straight up on TV that it's our job to tell people what to think or control what people think, something like that. And it's slipping away from them. Don Lemon, maybe Don Lemon is just really that dumb and he doesn't understand why so many people hear different things. And so he says, they're addicts who must be purged from, from my life, must get rid of them. And that's how you know, you, my friend, and I, we're in reality. Don Lemon says he is not in, he, he says that the Trump supporters are the addicts who don't live in reality, and they have to choose to want to. They have to hit rock bottom. Let me tell you something. Is it you or I who have excised people from our lives who encourage others to excise people from their lives? Why, in fact, no, it's not. We're the side that encourage debate and conversation and open dialogue. And you've got uh, groups like the intellectual dark web, which reigns from progressive to conservative, people who challenge illiberalism. That's the real world. But I would be I would be lying if I said that the fake world of the likes of Don Lemon wasn't powerful and massive. And it is. And it's getting more and more powerful. I don't know if you saw my main segment the other day on Glenn Greenwald. He is one of the most consequential journalists of this generation, published the NSA uh, documents, the leaks, and he recently resigned from his own news outlet. To be fair, it's his own fault. Glenn Greenwald is a progressive uh, reporter. He is no fan of Donald Trump, but he has reported honestly on the Democratic Party, Russiagate and all the garbage. He's calling it out. 
And he calls out Trump, too. And he's in Brazil. So he, he's, he's very clearly on the left. He had to resign from his own news outlet. Now, I guess the problem is you should have put in safeguards beyond what you had. And, and he had safeguards. But more importantly, these news outlets are letting in uh, they're letting foxes into the hen house. How is it that the, the Intercept allowed people to work for this company who are now propagandists for the Democratic Party and willfully so? The level of manipulation is just astonishing to me. But I tell you, this, there's something here that may lead to a very serious Donald Trump victory. And again, I'm not going to get too much into it because I'm going to talk about it a bit later. But there's, a, there's a, a great article from Politico talking about how what creates shy Trump voters, the, the cultural pressures have gotten 10 times worse, 100 times worse. Back in 2016, you could just say, you know, people didn't want to admit they like Trump. Today, if you do, they will beat you. They will come to your house. They will attack you. They will insult you. They will excise you from their lives. So nobody wants to admit it. And that's the most important thing that needs to be said with the Don Lemon story. Now, I should I should probably read you his quote because I've been ranting for eight minutes. But think about that. High profile and powerful television personalities uh, for all of these big mainstream companies are walking in lockstep. There's one channel with very high viewership, record-breaking historical numbers, Tucker Carlson, that's Fox News. And they've got Brett Baer, who's, uh, who's, who's a great reporter. They got Bill Hammer. They're not partisans. Fox News is doing a pretty good job, and I find it, it's, it's kind of crazy. That's where we're at. But all of the other news outlets, NBC, CBS, ABC, Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, walking in lockstep. And then you hear this. Lemon laments he had to get rid of Trump addicts from his life saying, you know what the sad thing is? And I'll be honest with you. I have many people who I love in my life. And yeah, I come from a red state. I've lived in several red states. There are a lot of friends I had to get rid of because they are so nonsensical when it comes to this issue. They have the whole every single talking point that they hear on state TV and that they hear from this president. They repeat it and they are blinded by it. But here's the thing. I had to get rid of them because they are too far gone. I try and I try and I try. His grievances stemmed from their refusal to believe him when he would browbeat them with suggestions that red states were now the problem in the coronavirus pandemic. They'll say something. They'll say something really stupid. And then I'll show them the science and I'll give them any information. And they still repeat those talking points. And all the while, the state was a hot spot. If you look at the information that we put up last night that came up yesterday, it showed you how the red states have now taken over where the blue states were. People came in because they are bigger cities and there are more transmission, obviously, where there are more people and uh, people are closer together. And so now red states are the problem. Of course, there was no mention of how cases were also spiking in New York again, Michigan, Wisconsin, and a host of other blue states. That's not to mention blue states having a higher share of coronavirus deaths per capita. That didn't stop him from comparing Trump supporters to addicts. And I said to get rid of a lot of people in my life because sometimes you have to let them go. And I think they have to hit rock bottom like an addict and they have to want to get help. They have to want to know the truth. They have to want to live in reality. They have to want to be responsible, not only for other people's lives, but for their lives. While Lemon wasn't sure if he could ever let those people back into his life, it's a really big assumption that they wanted him back in theirs. Cuomo had a similar encounter with failed presidential nominee Al Gore when they discussed the Trump cult during primetime. Cuomo said, As the head of the Climate Reality Project, 
This is a big part of moral responsibility, uh, of moral responsible. This you guys argue all the time is that, you know, the absence of leadership here will cost people lives and the livelihoods going forward. Isn't that so much more acutely true right now with the pandemic? I don't understand how the president can be responsible for hundreds of thousands of people getting sick in his own communities of followers who are recklessly disregarding the accuracy of messaging in a show of support for him. Al Gore says, yeah, I don't understand it either. Many analysts have used the word cult and the phrase cult like there's so much of a temptation on the part of some of his supporters to want to believe everything he says. And it's tragic that he's letting them down so completely and so utterly. My friends, we are facing very, very trying times. And I uh, uh, absolutely do fear for what comes if Donald Trump loses, because these people have been lying. They are blinded by zealotry. They don't bother doing Google searches. They don't actually watch any videos. They have very little evidence for a lot of their claims. Now, I'll tell you, there are certain partisan issues that are silly. The climate change argument, much of what they're going out with Al Gore, is left and right, and it's always been. I remember when I worked for Greenpeace, I was in Chicago and I saw a Glenn Beck book that was arguing something about uh, climate change from a right perspective. That was not the perspective held by uh, by the left. And I'm not getting specific because it's been 15 years or something since that, you know, since I remember seeing this. Maybe it's 14 or whatever. The point is, there are some things that have always been this way. But right now we have facts and reality. And the reality is there was zero evidence that Brett Kavanaugh had ever done anything wrong. Yet the media ran like a bunch of turkeys gobbling and to go and report, pull up his yearbooks, question, what does it mean that they were drinking beer? This woman with no memory of how she got there, where she was, who was with her, and her friends deny ever knowing what she's talking about. That's enough. That's Brett Kavanaugh. Hunter Biden. Well, we've got a witness who is actually involved in the business dealings with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and, and, and uh, Rob Walker and all these people, these people who uh, are accused of wrongdoing and were essentially using the Biden name to make money. And Joe was using his kids as intermediaries. It's a huge story. We have evidence and the media won't go anywhere near it. I want to show you what, what scares me first. It's this idea of truth and reconciliation commissions. If Donald Trump loses, a truth and reconciliation commission will seek to destroy evidence and understanding of what really happened in these past four years. They want to erase from the record. That's scary. Do we live in our own world? Are we in control of our own lives? Or are there people in media who are desperately lying because they're propagandists for the Democratic Party and the political establishment? Don't forget, Republican never Trumpers ran full speed to join the ranks of the Democrats in order to support them in their opposition to Donald Trump. A Truth and Reconciliation Commission, in my opinion, is not going to be like a bunch of people being shipped off to gulags. It's going to be them saying, like, this is the truth. This is what happened. You need to accept it. You lost. If Trump wins, there will not be truth and reconciliation commissions. And it's kind of scary because people like Don Lemon believe insane things for insane reasons. They don't bother doing any research. A really good example is the other day I was watching Fox News and Juan Williams and it was, it was the five. Jesse Waters was talking with with Juan Williams and they often do this. You know, Juan is their resident left perspective guy. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed in, in Jesse for not pulling up documents and evidence. He should have done this. He should have had it 
And and maybe he didn't expect it to need it, but now you should have it with you next time you go on the show. Juan Williams is like, I read the Wall Street Journal that said there was no role for Joe Biden in these companies. It's it's reported. And Jesse just starts laughing. Now, here's the issue I take with it. Juan Williams is he, he doesn't understand. He didn't understand what the news was. The news is not that Joe Biden was secretly working at a company and getting paid. The news is Biden Inc. That Joe Biden's family, family's fortunes have tracked alongside Joe Biden's political career as he rises and that it is well established now with, with a witness and documents that Joe Biden was receiving equity through his son's name. Of course, Joe Biden wouldn't be in these companies. That's the point. Yet, of course, Juan Williams didn't get it. So he's like, what? And Jesse Waters is just laughing and saying, you know, you really think he's going to put his name on this? That's the point. It's impropriety. It's unethical. It's a, a, a potentially illegal behavior. They would erase all that. Never happened. All fake news. It was all conspiracy. And some people will end up getting excised. And what I mean by that is Proud Boys treatment, like Enrique Tario or Laura Loomer, totally banned from everything, not allowed to use certain platforms, not allowed to use banks. That's what I would expect for a lot of people. I don't know what will happen to, I think for the most part, they'll just start claiming this didn't happen and you'll have to accept it. But I don't know how you get rid of a free press. I don't know if you can. When looking at what happened with Glenn Greenwald, it's really, really fascinating. I have this article from Matt Taibbi who wrote about what happened with Glenn Greenwald and why he left. And the amazing thing is Glenn Greenwald easily outlines. So, so again, Glenn Greenwald, one of the most consequential journalists, not a big Trump fan, easily outlines. And we have the leaked messages easily outlines how there is a double standard at all of these news organizations. And in this instance, The Intercept, he said, when one of the writers at the company wanted to claim that the Hunter Biden story was Russian disinformation, there was no question. They said, publish away, buddy, fire off, fire, fire off the story. When Glenn Greenwald wrote an op-ed arguing there was no evidence it was Russian disinformation, essentially an equal and opposite point, they said, this has got to go through the editorial process. And we're going to have those other people who think it's Russian disinformation edit your story for you. And Glenn said, no. Now, the people at The Intercept are telling uh, uh, people, they put out a statement that Glenn is not really a journalist, that he's lost his way. They say, we admire the journalist he used to be. Let me tell you, what is a cult? Glenn Greenwald gave up his salary, his security, his legal protections, and he's in a country where he is adversarial with Bolsonaro, the, the leader of the country. Glenn Greenwald is taking great personal risk coming out and saying they have become corrupt. And I'll say it. Media in this country has become a propaganda arm for the Democratic Party. The fact that Glenn Greenwald can criticize Trump, but they won't allow him to criticize Biden. The fact that their, their outlet would defend Biden and no one will publish this news. I say no one, but for the most part, these big companies shows you we are in serious trouble if we can't actually have the truth. And if these people win through lying and covering up their tracks, truth and reconciliation really is scary, isn't it? And it's not just NPR that's writing about it. It's been something that's been brought up by, you know, Robert Reich, who's got millions of followers and tons of lefties support him. They say the Trump supporters are a cult. That's what they say. Let me tell you, I don't agree on a bunch of policies that say like Seamus Coughlin, who is a Freedom Tunes, 
who was here uh, just the other day on the IRL podcast. He's religious, uh, Catholic, conservative, uh, pro-life, and we disagree on a ton. And we laugh together and make jokes together and we hang out because that's been my, my experience most of my life. I went to Catholic school for a few years. I left into public school. I have a ton of friends who come from a ton of different families. I have friends who lived in the suburbs who were very religious. We all got along. We all hung out. And when it came to politics, it was, you know, arguments and grumble, grumble. And we all kind of still believed the same things. Right now, people have the ability to share information. Videos like this. We'll see how long that lasts. I don't know. Back then, I, I say back then, but, you know, decades ago, there was just the news media pushing out stories. But here's what's important. Top-down news outlets, CBS, NBC, ABC, New York Times, etc., were worried about ostracizing parts of, uh, of their audience if they weren't being fair, because some people would know things. And so that's why I believe news media did a better job a long time ago. Not that they didn't publish fake news, they did. And we're starting, you know, we can start to see behind, behind the curtain. But they did a decent job because they were like, if we just come out and say Democrat good, we're going to lose half of our readership to our competition. Well, now competition is nearly infinite. People can choose to enter echo chambers, and they are. Back in the day, you did have left-leaning and right-leaning papers, but people would grab whichever one and read it. Now you have millions of personalities and channels and outlets, and people are choosing what fits their worldview. In response to this, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, well, you know, they're, they're all left leaning, have dug their heels in and gone as hard as possible into supporting their partisan faction, because as far as they're concerned, they already lost the conservative, the conservative or conservative leaning people who would read their paper, because these people can choose to watch Fox News or The New York Post, or they can come to, you know, any other any YouTube channel they want that says what they want to say, says, says what they want to hear. So now CNN has isolated its largest faction of supporters, anti-Trump conspiracy theorist cultists, and is feeding them whatever they want. If you come to my channel, I'll tell you this. The polls are against Donald Trump, and he's, he's, he, he seems likely to lose. That's what they're saying. There's reason to believe he might win. Politico has some reporting on this. That, in my opinion, is the most fair assessment I can give you. I'm not going to come out and be like, Trump's going to win and like crash, smash a beer can in my head or something like that. I'm going to try and be honest and say there are reasons to believe he still can win. It's true. Politico writes about it. Mainstream media writes about it. I'm not just going to choose one thing and say Trump's losing. He's a loser. Biden's going to win. Ha ha. Like some of these people on YouTube do. And I'm not going to come out and say Trump's going to win. Woo. Here's why. Like some other YouTubers do. I'm going to try and do the best to while I have my bias, I certainly have my my audience, you know, give you a reasonable assessment. The, uh, to, to be fair, my titling and, uh, you know, my, my, my focus on subject matter typically uh, caters to not a left audience. But that's the important distinction. Not left, not leftist. What I mean is, friends, let me tell you why you are not in a cult. Now, there are certainly some zealous Trump supporters who act very much like they're in a cult. But most people that I've encountered, at least in this space, that are pro-Trump, angry at the Democratic Party, angry at the mainstream media, come from all walks of life, pro-skateboarders, Catholic conservatives, agreeing pro-life, pro-choice, liberal economic policy, conservative economic policy, many different worldviews saying, we've done the Google searches, we've read the news, we know you're lying. Don Lemon is going to excise people from his life as addicts. Because he is in the cult. That's what cults do. 
Now, there may be some Trump supporters saying, get people out of your life, but I don't believe that's the case for, for, for the most part. I, I don't want to be an absolutist, but I tell you, man, it is a tendency of the right to come towards the camera to speak. It is a tendency of the left to run and hide. That's why it's been so difficult to book leftists on the IRL podcast. Don Lemon is saying, get these people out of my life. Why? Because they're saying things I don't want to hear from state TV. I watch Fox News. They have Democrats on all the time and they let them just say things. Sometimes the Democrats just lie and Fox News is like, that's them. And I'm really surprised they allow it. CNN, on the other hand, typically just books, you know, well, I don't want to get not family friendly, but a circle of individuals all patting each other on the back. They don't bring on consenting voices. They bring on echo chambers on purpose and then tell you to remove people from your life. Don't join the cult. But watch CNN. See, it's a thing. I remember I did a segment where I said it is imperative that you watch CNN and MSNBC and read the New York Times and also watch channels like mine or you know, Sticks, Hexen- Sticks Hexenhammer or Steven Crowder and other progressive YouTubers, too, like, uh, uh, you know, Kyle Kalinske, for instance, because you want to get a wide range of political opinions. Around the same time, Brian Stelter on CNN said, don't watch Fox News. Don't watch them. Don't come to me. I'm the only one who can give you the truth. And you get Don Lemon saying, cut the Trumpers out of your life. Don't listen to what they have to say. It's propaganda from state TV. What? You turn on Fox News, I tell you this, you're going to hear opinions that are critical of Trump. And Trump complains about it. Think about that. So look, anyway, I'm not going to go long on this one. We are we are facing something truly horrifying, in my opinion, if Trump and the Republicans lose. And I don't like them. I got to be honest. I don't like Trump and the Republicans for the most part. But at least there is a coalition of regular people with different worldviews who can have conversations. And we are not part of the cult like Don Lemon, because it's the cultists who, who would reject people and kick them out. Cultists literally will tell you to remove people from your life who challenge your view. That's a cult tactic. I would never say that. I would say, bring them on in, come on, bring them on over. I've invited leftists to come to my parties. Hang out, man. You're you're entitled to your opinion. I'll give you one last thought on this. Ken Bone, the famous Ken Bone from 2016, who warmed America's hearts in the Hillary Clinton town hall, announced that he was going to vote for Joe Jorgensen. And he said that the Trumpers were being very nice to him. And the Biden people were being extremely mean to him. And that's it. It's unfortunate. But the people on the Trump side are the ones who are like, I hear you, man. You know, I've got friends who are voting third party. I said, I think they should vote Trump. And they said they didn't want to for these and that reasons. And I say, well, you know, you got to stand up for what you believe. And I respect that. On the other side, they say, if you don't vote for our guy, you are voting for Trump. What is wrong with you? Cultists. So I hope the cult doesn't win because I don't want to see a truth and reconciliation commissioner. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. I did not vote in 2016. I did not vote for Hillary. I did not vote for Trump. I did not support either of them. But I will tell you right now, we are lucky in many ways that Donald Trump is our president amid the coronavirus crisis. And I know that's going to be an offensive statement to many on the left because they're going to say things like, Tim, 225,000 people have died. Trump has, has, has caused a massive disaster with, with his inaction and his downplaying and all these things. And you know what? By all means, please criticize him for these things. Maybe Trump should not have downplayed the coronavirus. He says he, he wanted to avoid a panic. Maybe he should have said to people, 
maybe maybe he should have been a little bit more worried and alarmed. We don't want to start a panic. I can respect that. But perhaps he did things wrong. But I will tell you one thing that he is doing right. And he is calling for no lockdowns and to reopen. What you see on your screen right now, and judging from the title of this video, you clicked on it. There is a massive traffic jam in Paris, a mass exodus as terrified residents of the city are fleeing as fast as possible because of draconian lockdown measures. Riots have been erupting across Europe, Spain, Italy, Prague, mass protests in London. Now, we have Democratic leaders in this country, governors who have locked down their states and it led to protests. And we have seen mass protests across Europe. Well, in Europe, there seems to be a unanimous decision. Well, each country seems to be walking in lockstep with the idea of a lockdown. Even Boris Johnson in the UK, this great conservative victory, and it's lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. In the US, many states are open. Restrictions are being eased, even as they say it is worse than it has ever been. Could you imagine what it would be like if we had the draconian lockdowns they have in France? Where? People will need documents to show a reasonable excuse for leaving their home. That's according to the Daily Mail. Could you imagine walking out of your house and being stopped by the police and they say to you, show me your papers. You should not be outside. We've seen the videos from Australia. There's a woman walking down the street and a cop grabs her and he physically he, he's, he's brutal. He is. The woman had a mask exemption. She wasn't wearing a mask, apparently. And so the cop, well, he, he physically detained her and was rough with her. Is this the kind of place we want to live? I've seen videos out of Australia of people being detained and arrested. These draconian lockdowns are what nightmares are made of. Sci-fi futuristic dystopian novels and films depict this. My friends, let me assure you there was always going to be a reason Did you think that when the authoritarians came and when the government decided you would not be allowed to leave your home lest you have their approved papers, that it would be arbitrary, that it would simply say we've decided for no reason that you must stay in your home? No, there's always a reason. And there are always people advocating for the control of the state. We are lucky that our president is Donald Trump. We are not so lucky in that we face a fierce re-election campaign, uh, uh, I should say, election cycle, where Joe Biden, we're told, is going to win. If Hillary Clinton was president today, we would likely be under the same lockdowns as these European nations. And maybe you would say to me, Tim, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to die. And I can respect that. And you don't need to. But what if... We were at the point where we had to have our papers, our approved apps that track our every movement. And in Michigan, apparently now they're saying if you want to go out for eat, you got to give your name and address so they can know where you are, where you're from, who you've been in contact with. The massive sweep of authoritarianism, despotic, draconian edict is coming and it's coming fast. And this makes me really worried about a Donald Trump defeat. Joe Biden said, I'll listen to the scientists. That's good. You should. And you should listen to the economists and you should adhere to the rules of the Constitution. 
Recently, we had a leftist on the Tim Castile podcast who said Trump should have invoked the war powers to lock the country down or to pass mandates. I disagree. I don't want to live in a despotic, authoritarian, boot-licking country. I want to be able to tell Trump to go shove it. But Trump isn't the one enacting the draconian lockdowns. So I can tell him to shove it for other reasons, but I'm glad that I can. I can say the same thing to Cuomo or anybody else. Gretchen Whitmer. But if Joe Biden wins and Kamala Harris uh, wins along with him, are we facing this fate? where they will demand we show our papers. Listen, we are to live in a world of IDs and you can be stopped and they can demand to check your identification. And you can say, I don't need to show you my IDs and there's constitutional rights and protections. Our founding fathers were very, very smart and we are very, very lucky for their insights. Far from perfect. I think they could have cleaned up the language of the Second Amendment a little bit, but they did a good job with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And because of those who saw the power of uh, uh, the power that the government could attain and how it could crush dissent and control and manipulate and abuse and oppress its people, the Bill of Rights came to be. The Bill of Rights came sometime after the Declaration of Independence and the founding of this country from people who realized the federal government should not have too much power. We are extremely lucky that's the case. I can't say the same for our friends over in Paris who are now fleeing Escape from Paris. City is gridlocked as tens of thousands flee. Stations are packed. Violent protests break out and shelves are stripped ahead of month long lockdown that bans travel. Right now in Australia, they're saying there may not be any international travel until there is a vaccine. What is this? Paranoid hysteria. I understand COVID is COVID is serious. We should take it seriously. But the mortality rate was a 99.997, 99.997% survival for those under 19, 99.99, I believe, for those, you know, 20 to, to 40 or whatever. The mortality rate is worse, the worst for those above 70 at 94.7%, according to the CDC. 94% people over 70? We are enacting draconian and authoritarian despotic lockdowns around the world for this. This is getting too much. This is getting scary. Videos posted to Twitter, Daily Mail reports, show huge numbers of Parisians attempting a mass exodus out of the city in a bid to avoid the 9 p.m. curfew and the start of the second lockdown from midnight. The night air was filled with the sound of blaring car horns. While social media users estimated that Parisians had created hundreds of miles of gridlock to escape to their second homes in the country. Revelers also seized the opportunity to spend one last night with friends and family before bars and restaurants are closed as the French government plunges the country back into lockdown. Meanwhile, French people emptied supermarkets in a repeat of the panic buying that swept Europe in March as Parisians and other city dwellers prepared for a month in confinement. Shoppers stocked up on pasta and toilet roll while people queued outside hairdressers on a final trim. Office workers in the capital's business district hauled their equipment to cars and trains in preparation for the WFH. Emmanuel Macron's draconian measures are due to be enforced until at least December 1st, 
with people required to carry documents justifying their reason for leaving home that will be subject to police checks. Look at this. People apparently getting out of their cars. The gridlock was so bad. People flooding to trains, people protesting. Now, I had to censor some of the images of the violent riots that have erupted because they have Italy, Spain, Prague, London. And the funny thing is, they said in Italy it was the fascists. The fascists are protesting. The government is just trying to save lives. Excuse me? The fascists are protesting against the government? Why, I thought the academic definition of fascism was veneration of the nation state above all others. Certainly, you can't be a fascist who opposes the nation state. Unless, of course, I guess you just want to be in charge of it. Sure, you can believe in that. But opposing the nation, acting at the behest of the people, would imply they're actually not quite fascist at all. Maybe they're far right, whatever you want to call them. But I will tell you this. We now know who the true fascists are especially in this country. I will not put this country above the individual, quite the opposite. This country puts the individual first. That's why we have a constitution telling the government to shut up. You can't oppress the rights of the people that are bestowed upon them by their creator because the individual has the rights and the government acts for the people, by the people, and not in charge of the people. Though we can all agree to take collective action to protect ourselves, the individual is above that government. But right now, there are leftists who are saying the government just wants to save lives for the good of the nation, right? What do they really care about? Why is it that the Trump supporters aren't the ones saying for the good of the nation, we'll lock everything down? Maybe it's because it's not for the good of the nation. Maybe because the actual good of the nation is to protect individual liberties and to allow the economy to function. And those that would see these lockdowns are authoritarians who want to destroy. Why are these countries enacting these draconian measures when the World Health Organization said no more? That's right. Scientists for the UN, the World Health Organization, said we must avoid lockdowns at all cost. They have caused too much damage at this point. And now we're seeing the riots across Europe. I'll say it again. You better. You are you are so lucky that Donald Trump is the president and not Hillary Clinton. I can only imagine what a President Biden will do if slash when he wins. And I don't know if he's going to win. I don't know if he's going to lose, but it's not going to be fun. I recently left the Philadelphia area, and I'm sorry to say to everybody that uh, I'm sorry I was correct. You see, I warned that there would be coming civil unrest and we must be, you know, we must prepare for it, protect ourselves. We must abstain in my opinion, from the cl- from the clashes and the violence. People should speak up, but not go out and engage in any kind of action or whatever. I think it was Mike Cernovich. He said, stay home, make money. Buy supplies you might need. I was mocked when I said I was building a van back on the Joe Rogan podcast. I was like, I can see what's coming. I can see the unrest that's brewing. Think about it. 2019, way before the massive unrest that swept across this country. I said, if Twitter keeps doing what it's doing, there will be massive unrest and I fear civil war. And a year later, what happened? Who was the smart guy with the van? That was me. I ended up leaving Philadelphia and the Philly suburbs because I said, I don't want to uh, wait around for the unrest. Full disclosure, I still live there 
in uh, every legal sense and was literally just there uh, a couple days ago. So that is my current primary residence. For the most part, I'm down here for two reasons. I'm down in a new uh, a new location. We're setting up a new studio. We're expanding. Lots of construction has to be done. So I've set up what, what is still, to a certain degree, a temporary setup as we re- relocate and buy supplies and, and we're building. And these things take time. My primary residence is still Philadelphia, but I decided to come down as quickly as I could and start building out this studio because I feared the unrest was going to get worse. I was right. In Philadelphia... There were mass riots for three nights, some of the worst we've seen since the start of the George Floyd protests. Now, while that doesn't affect directly, like there was no there were no people looting the Walmart near my house, it will have a massive impact on the local economy. And I'm not going to wait around till next Tuesday, mind you, to figure out what these lunatics will end up doing should they lose. I'm also concerned about supplies, the supply chain. And what's happening right now with these lockdowns, my friends in Europe, they are looting. I'm sorry, not looting. They are figuratively raiding store shelves. This time you can still see there's some toilet paper left. But we all remember the great toilet paper shortage of 2020 earlier this year when shelves were stripped clean and people were fighting over resources. I hope you've taken precautions. Many of you may recall that I, I had done promos for emergency food supplies. A lot of people like to make fun of that. Now the people in France, most, most of my audience is American. Take a look at what's going on. The second wave is coming. They're locking down again. And now people aren't going to be able to go and get supplies. Did you buy supplies or did you laugh? We all know the story of the, was it the grasshopper and the ants? The grasshopper frolicked about and played while the ants worked all day. And then when winter came, the grasshopper withered and died with no food to eat. And the ants had saved for winter. I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm telling you what I did. And I'm telling you, a lot of people who laughed about it, you were wrong. I believe we are going to face mass unrest. And you know why? I, you know why? I don't just sit here and say to myself, for no reason at all, there is going to be mass unrest. No, I take a look at the trends. What are the rich people doing right now? They're fleeing the cities. In France, everybody seems to be fleeing the city. In the U.S. and around the world, we've heard repeated stories of wealthy people fleeing. Property in Iowa, Wyoming, Montana, Utah has been skyrocketing. One of the and many other areas, it's been dropping because nobody wants to live there. Strangely, in Portland, I think they've seen their 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 net uh, the property values are going up because people are buying to move to Portland. So it's not it's not an absolute, but there are many rich people who are worried and they are fleeing. What do they know that regular people don't? Keep in mind, rich people often are very well connected to industry and government. So they may know things. They may hear murmurs. They may, may, they may hear things from security companies, from their private security companies they contract, and from people in government. And they've made a decision. It's easy for them. They have money. So they went out and bought property in the middle of nowhere, and they're leaving. There have been numerous stories about this. We've seen the likes of several people in California, for instance, who are wealthy, leave as well. For a variety of reasons, not necessarily unrest. Joe Rogan left. Ben Shapiro left. Tesla apparently is leaving. Boeing is leaving Washington. What's driving this? Is it that people can see something that most of us can't? Or is it just smart now to prepare? I left New York City because there was unrest, executions, two cops were killed, and someone planted bombs not too far away from where I lived. I 
it literally happened. Look it up. Bombs planted in Manhattan and Jersey City. So I decided to move south. And I decided, you know what? It's not worth it being near a, a major metro. I moved to the Philly area thinking being on the other side of the river in South Jersey, I was probably far enough away, you know, separated by water. And the rioters crossed over the bridge. And that was it. I said, okay, that's the next step. I want to be one step ahead. I don't know if anything's going to happen. I don't. But I'll tell you this. Walmart seems to think it will. Walmart has pulled guns and ammo from store displays, citing potential civil unrest. Walmart, all Walmart is taking their guns down from display and ammo. They don't want rioters to steal their weapons. Walmart has probably some of the highest paid analysts and security personnel for their massive multinational billion dollar corporation. I'm assuming Walmart's multinational. Maybe it's not. And I'm sure they have security officials who are telling them, here's what you can expect on election night and for the weeks following. And so Walmart has removed ammo from store displays and guns from store displays because they don't want people to be able to get them. Why do they think this, that someone would break into a Walmart in an area where they're legally allowed to sell the guns and take them and the ammo? What kind of civil unrest are they thinking is going to happen? I understand people stealing TVs and pizzas and clothing. Guns, I guess you can sell. Taking the ammo down. Do they think that it's going to come to the point where the unrest results in people arming up and using those guns? Perhaps. They're not taking their TVs down, are they? The TVs aren't being removed from display at Walmarts. Why not? People might steal those too. It's because they expect people to take the guns and ammo and load those guns and go and use them against two. I don't know, maybe against each other, maybe just to rob people, loot and steal. I think civil unrest is coming. I think it's coming for a variety of reasons. I don't know how severe it'll be. I think most people recognize that it's coming. And I think it's funny that there are still people who are laughing, saying, Tim's so dumb talking about civil war. (laughs) Was the mass riding since May not enough for you? Was the D.C., Philadelphia and New York rioting over the past several days, not enough. I'm not saying that we're going to see marching factions towards each other. People don't know what civil war is. That's the problem. You've got a bunch of people who are not smart, who think they are smart and haven't actually read a history book. How about you go read about the Spanish Civil War? You can go see what civil war is all actually about. And sometimes it's over very, very quickly. We may see on January 19th, two armed factions storm the White House. I have no idea. It could be over like that. Or it could be like the troubles in Ireland, and it can last decades where bombs just go off. People just get shot and the other side cheers. I was in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I've seen the stories and it was actually kind of shocking to to see the the depravity. There was a story uh, someone told me about a guy who like went to a restaurant and just killed a bunch of people for no reason. And the other side cheered for it. Cheered. That's crazy. You know what, man? I don't care what anyone else thinks. If these lefties want to go on Twitter and say, Tim's so dumb. If they want to go on and make fun of the fact that I sold these food buckets, it was a a website that I'd promoted. Uh, By all means, laugh. That's, that's, That's fine. I'll tell you one thing. If it hits the fan and it hits the fan real bad, you know who's going to be laughing the whole time? Prepper dude up in the mountains with 30 years worth of food and water. 
those those uh, facilities they got out in West Virginia, where apparently you spend like a thousand bucks a year. And then when the unrest happens, they call you in and you're you're safe, secure. And there's food to last for decades. Those camps have already started calling in people. Everybody seems to know what's bubbling up under the surface. And so many people just want to act like it's not going to happen. It could be because of covid lockdowns. If Joe Biden wins, people are going to snap when he locks down the same as these other countries has have. If Trump wins, the left is going to snap like they've already been doing. It's freaky times, man. It's freaky times. Let me just remind all of you, you know, these these lefties like to to, to say, you know, uh, when we had the, the lefty guy on my show, that just because things have happened, it doesn't mean they'll happen again if Joe Biden gets elected. I think it's a pretty low bar for predictions when I say, hey, people are doing a thing. I think they'll keep doing a thing if Joe Biden gets elected. It's another thing if I said if Joe Biden gets elected, he's going to deregulate the banks and build a spaceship and go to the moon. I mean, that's a bold statement, though we are working on the Artemis project. I'm just saying, taking something that is already happening and saying, I think more would happen is not that grand of a prediction. So we're seeing it. We're seeing the unrest and the major corporations with all their money and all their intelligence and all their security have said it too. They're taking the guns away, not the TVs. This is not about someone stealing an item and selling it. This is about someone stealing an item, loading it and using it against other people. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll tell you this. Come election night, I'm having a big old party in my house. Tons of people are invited. We're going to live stream. We're going to hang out. We're going to have pizza. It's going to be fun. And I'll tell you what, man. If Donald Trump loses, I'm going to laugh. It's whatever, man. I think what the left really, really wants, they'd love to get a montage of conservatives, you know, bemoaning and groaning. I got to be completely honest. If Trump loses and conservatives start making all of these like end at the end is nigh videos, oh, I'm going to make the montage and laugh about it. I really don't think for the most part, conservatives are going to be nearly as funny in defeat that the left was like literally having that woman drop to her knees and go, no was like, wow. And seeing all these videos where they're like screaming, conservatives are going to be like, well, we're going to have to figure this one out. We're going to be in trouble and it's going to be kind of boring. But I think we'll get some conservative, like not conservative, but we'll probably get some like more, more like uh, fringe right wing people being like, it's time. It's coming. Oh, what do we do? Whatever, man. I'll tell you what. Here's what you need to focus on yourself, your friends, your family, protecting your community, being prepared for any disaster. I'll tell you what, don't be, you know, look, you, you, I think it's fair to be worried about uh, civil unrest. You know what I'm really worried about? Sometimes it rains. Oh, for real. What happens if it rains and like a highway floods and you get trapped? What happens if there's an algal bloom in your water source like happened in, uh, I think it was Lake Superior or Lake Erie. No, I think it was Superior. I'm not sure. And then nobody, nobody could drink the water. And there's no bottled water within 40 miles of the city. Yeah, so I hope you all take care of yourselves because sometimes it rains and sometimes the rain is heavy and sometimes there's riots and we are in we, we are in uh, turbulent times, to say the least. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. It is a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. As an addition to my main channel segment, I wanted to bring you a prediction from political scientist Helmut Norpoth, predicting Trump has a 91% chance at re-election. And there is another man who has made a strong prediction. Donald Trump will win. 
you all must pay attention. This man, a prophet of our era, made a bold statement in 2016, and he was right. No, I'm not talking about Helmut Norpolf. I'm talking about another man who told us that Donald Trump would win because people wanted to send a flying F you to the establishment. I am talking about none other than great and insightful Michael Moore. I'm half kidding, by the way. Michael Moore was actually right in 2016 when he said people were going to send a flying F you to the establishment. He was then wrong about how they would feel later, saying they'd feel good for about a day, maybe a week, maybe a month. But then like the people of the United Kingdom who voted for Brexit, they would come to regret it. Something like that. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was kind of like that. No, the people of, uh, of the UK did not come to regret Brexit. They doubled down, tripled down, and three years later, they voted for it again. Michael Moore says the Trump vote is always being undercounted. And on a segment with the Hills Rising team, he straight up says it. Donald Trump's looking really, really good. The Trump vote is always being undercounted. The pollsters, when they actually call a real Trump voter, the Trump voter is very suspicious of the deep state, calling them and asking them who they're voting for. It's all fake news to them, remember? It's not an accurate count. I think the safe thing to do, this is not scientific, whatever they're saying, the Biden lead is, cut it in half right now in your head. Cut it in half, and now you're within the four-point margin of error. That's Michael Moore. So I'm showing you this for a reason. Pundit and personality and political scientist. More than just a few random people predicting a Donald Trump victory. But to be rational, I should point out, Politico says Trump's chances hinge on a polling screw up way worse than 2016. You have to squint to see how Biden's lead won't hold up on Election Day. Perhaps. Then who's this guy, Helmut Norpoth? Who does he think he is coming out saying Donald Trump's got a 91 percent chance of reelection? Talk about a dick, huh? Just making this up. Unless, of course, he actually has real information and data. And his prediction model is extremely accurate, in which case I was just kidding with the dick thing, man. I think this guy might be onto something. I don't know for sure. I don't think the left is going to highlight this stuff. I think it's important to point out both Trump's chances of winning hinge on a major polling screw up. Michael Moore says, I think the polls are wrong. And a political scientist saying Trump has a really good chance of winning. Get a little bit of both, right? Like a Neapolitan political commentary. Trump's probably going to lose. Here's why he might not. This guy says he's going to win. I think that's fair. Let's read the story. Daily Caller says, Helmut Norpoth, a political scientist, joined the Daily Caller's Katie McDuffie, McDuff, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it wrong, McDuffie, to talk about the primary model that predicts President Donald Trump has a 91% chance of re-election. The model has accurately predicted 25 out of 27 of the last elections, including Trump's win in 2016. While the primary model leans heavily in favor of a Trump win, most polls have former Vice President Joe Biden in the lead. A recent Real Clear Politics poll shows Biden up 7.7%. I believe they're referring to the Real Clear Politics average. Quote, in the end, it depends on the Electoral College breakdown. And I give Donald Trump a sizable lead in the Electoral College, Norpal said. The model predicts President Trump will win 362 electoral votes, leaving Biden with 176. Norpoth calculates his numbers through primaries and looks closely at states like New Hampshire, where Joe Biden placed fifth. I'm going to stop and I'm going to push back. 
The primary model, as my understanding, because I've covered a bit of this discussion before, takes a look at the turnout for Democrats versus the turnout for Republicans. The primary model, in my opinion, is based entirely upon I like this guy or I like this guy. This election is based on I like this guy and I don't like this guy. It's one guy. It's Trump. I'm not sure the primary model makes a whole lot of sense. Nobody cared who the Democratic nominee was. I mean, come on, they picked Biden. Now, that may be a good reason to suggest they're going to lose. And that's where the model may be correct. The model may be wrong because people will, enthousi- people will enthusiastically come out to vote against Trump. That's the important factor. But I got to stop right there and say this. I actually think this guy might be onto something. You know, I don't know about 362 electoral votes. I mean, we'll see. But think about it. Just hating Trump isn't enough to win an election. You need mom and pops and dads and brothers and regular people in this country to be like, I want that guy to fix my problems. If all you're saying is vote out this guy, you're only getting a fraction of your voter base. You're getting the orange man bad block and you're not getting the what about my health care block. You're not getting the what about jobs block and you're not getting the what about foreign affairs block. You're getting the literal orange man bad people and everyone else is going to be like, I guess my only option is Trump. You want a good economy? Who do you vote for? No, no, no. Hey, come on. Come on lay, lay it on me. Lay it on me. What'd you say? You say Joe Biden? Why? What has he done? Come, oh, 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 eight years of Obama. Okay. What did Joe Biden do? You, you, you said Obama. Yeah. What did Joe Biden do? Can't give me a good answer. You're just going to hope that because he was VP, he was in on the game and he's going to help make the economy a little bit better. Okay. Well, the economy was better under Trump. Joe Biden's not making the argument for the economy. Joe Biden at a campaign rally, I kid you not, actually said, if you're over me, your taxes aren't going down. Your taxes are going up. He said that. Now he's desperately backpedaling. Now I'm only going to raise taxes on people making 400K or more. But I'm going to repeal Trump's tax cuts, which will raise all your taxes. Donald Trump comes out and Donald Trump says, here's what we're going to do. School choice is a big factor. Ban critical race theory is a big factor. Strengthen our military, but bring our troops back more peace agreements. Trump's got a plan. Uh, look, I understand Joe Biden's got a plan too. But what I'm talking about is what are they saying to the American people? Donald Trump's playing an accordion when he talks. And, and, and I'm, I, I know. I don't know if you've seen the videos. There's a bunch of them. When Trump talks, he does the hand thing. You know why I can make that joke? You know why I can make a joke about Donald Trump playing an accordion? Because he's talking all the time. There's so many videos of him doing it. You can make tons of videos. And it's funny. That's right. Donald Trump is campaigning. Donald Trump is going out right now and saying this. If you vote for me, Donald Trump, suburban women, vote for me. Please love me. I'm going to keep you safe. Bing. Riots. Point number one. He says, we're going to bring back your economy. Sleepy Joe will give away your jobs to China. Point number two. Donald Trump is out on the campaign trail. They're planning 14 rallies the next three days. This man has got the energy of someone in their 50s. Actually, no, Trump is spry, man. For a man in his 70s to do 14 rallies, this dude, I got to wonder, huh? Joe Biden's sleeping in the basement. He's He's doing what? Joe Biden is offering you nothing because Joe Biden is not the candidate. The point is you're for or against Trump. Right now, the videos that are flying across media are Trump is bad. Trump is good. That's about it. Norpoth is calculating Trump's going to win. And I'll tell you this, his primary model may prove correct because people won't show up for Joe Biden. And then that good old 10, 20 percent of people who say orange man bad, but don't make up the bulk of this country who are more concerned with like, where's my paycheck? Those people aren't going to show up. 
Only the orange man bad people show up. I tell you what, that might lead to a Trump landslide. Seriously. And if the polls are wrong, well, I don't know for sure, though. The polls say Trump's going to lose. Quote, Joe Biden did terribly in New Hampshire, the first primary, which is not just the first, but probably the most decisive of all the primaries in the whole cycle. Norpoth also discussed how polls in key states like Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania missed the mark in 2016. On the average, they all had Trump down by, I don't know, at least sort of four points or more. If I see Trump down about, let's say, that much against Biden in this election, I'm not too worried about it. Watch the full video, blah, blah, blah. Tell you what, I'm excited for this. I mentioned it in my main channel video. Could you imagine what it will be like? The nuclear meltdown of the media when all their polls are wrong. Oh, that's what I'm into. You see, I'm not I'm not excited about watching Democrats cry or whatever. Those are American people who are misled by the media. Those are American people who didn't want Donald Trump and they're sad they lost. And while some of these videos are funny, I I admit I'm not interested in that. I'll tell you what I will laugh about. I'm just going to come out and say it. I would love to see like Nate Silver of 538 just like. You know, he's drenched in sweat. He's all pale. He's got bags under his eyes. And he's like on CNN. And you get like Chris Cuomo being like, what happened, man? What, what is this? You told us. And he'll just be like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I think it is? The ivory tower elite sitting atop their ivory tower, only talking to their ivory tower friends. Don't actually know what's happening here on planet Earth because they're up in the sky all laughing about how dumb Trump is and his stupid lies. And regular people are just like, none of that gets me my job back. And Donald Trump comes out and goes, you vote for me and we're going to bring back your jobs. Sleepy Joe will shut down the economy. He'll sell your jobs to China. That's what Trump is saying. And I believe him. If Donald Trump is elected, he's going to make sure the economy stays open. Jobs come back. If Joe Biden gets elected, it's going to be like Europe. It's going to be hardcore lockdowns. It's going to be them saying, you know, the nation above all else. I think it's funny because Trump supporters are nationalists, but they're not saying nation above everyone. The people in, in, in Europe with some of these lockdowns, people, I mean, people in Paris are panicking and fleeing the city because the government's like the nation comes first. Everyone stay in your homes unless you have your papers. That's authoritarianism. That's nightmarish. So I, I, I look, I, I, I don't know if this guy's right. He's one guy. Maybe he's a crackpot. Maybe Helmut Norpolf has got no idea what he's talking about. And he's like, Donald Trump's going to win. And Trump won't. Or maybe everyone else is wrong. Simple solution would suggest everyone else is not wrong. But I tell you this, if the media people are in a bubble and can't see outside of it, maybe they really are the ones who are wrong. I guess we'll see on Tuesday. Stick around. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Chaos is ensuing with mail-in voting, and now Democrats and leftists are in full-on panic mode over videos surfacing of mail ballots everywhere strewn about undelivered, about a report in Pennsylvania thousands never got their ballots. And Republicans are concerned Supreme Court is ruling North Carolina can accept mail-in ballots up to nine days later. That's a win for the Democrats. The Democrats are freaking out. We got this here video. Dem House leader Kion, uh, Kion McGee says raw footage of mailroom in post office here in Miami, Miami Dade source revealed mail in ballots are within these piled up bins on the floor. Mail has been sitting for over a week. 
Democrats have let out the war cry. No more mail-in ballots. They say everyone must run full speed to your nearest election office polling station and vote in person because it's too late. Your ballot won't make it in time. I think they're right. I think it's fair to say. Definitely, if you want to vote and you got a mail-in ballot, bring it in person or go vote in person. Surprisingly, there are some, some, there are some states that allow you to go and vote in person, even if you did vote by mail, but don't assume that's true for every state. Uh, there was some, you know, election institution was talking about some states do this. Check with your local election boards and local laws to make sure you're, you're doing everything you're supposed to do. But seriously, I don't care who you vote for. I don't care if you're a, a Biden supporter, a Bernie supporter. I don't care if you're a full on, you know, commie, authoritarian communist voting for the ghost of Stalin. Just vote. Vote. Seriously. I want everyone's votes to count. But we got a big problem. I do want everyone's votes to count, except these ones. There, I said it. Raw footage of a mailroom in a post office here in Miami-Dade. All of these mail-in ballots, I'll tell you what the problem with mail-in voting is. No chain of custody. I'm sorry. If we see a video of a bunch of boxes in a post office and we don't know where those boxes came from or what's in the boxes, I don't think it is a good idea to count them. I don't care who they're for. I don't care if they're for Trump. I don't care if they're for Biden. They don't count. Sorry. No chain of custody. No election security. No count. And that's the Democrats' fault. Or maybe it's the Democrats' advantage. Maybe they're going to be Trump votes. Maybe older people who are scared want to vote for Trump. And now their ballots are in the bin. I was thinking about this. Think about how they could pull this off. With mail-in voting, there are a lot of people who are assuming things like, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, all the mail-in votes will come in and then they'll find new ones. Why would they have to find new ones? Think about it. They put all of the, the bunk ballots in the post office at a, a week early. And then a week goes by, a video pops up saying, why won't they mail the ballots? And then they do. And there it is. I'm not saying anyone's actually doing that. I'm saying that's why I believe these should be removed. The challenge, I guess, is with all of these ballots going through the mail system with no chain of custody, it's just, it's insane that we would have the most consequential election of our lives with the least amount of security. That says to me, you are playing with fire and we are dangerously close to massive unrest. But I'll tell you, man, it's not just what's happening sitting in these, in these post offices. Well, actually, no, I guess it is. They never got their ballots. I've got stories of people in my area who are getting ballots with the wrong names in the envelope. Like they're getting a piece of mail. It's like got their name on it. They open it up and then there's someone else's name on the, on the, on the election mail. No kidding. Check this out. The whereabouts of an untold number of ballots in Pennsylvania's Butler County that were slated for delivery to would-be voters next week remain unaccounted for. The county's director of election said Thursday, postal uh, officials say they are unaware of any issues, but the director, Aaron Sheasley, said the county has received in excess of 10,000 phone calls seeking information about ballots that were requested but not received, and that some callers have called multiple times. Somewhere between the post office and the Pittsburgh sorting facility, something happened. We don't know what. This, I'm sorry, I almost just wanted to flip the table over and just start smashing everything. Because I've been saying it over and over again, but these people would not listen. You want to know what's going to happen now? We are going to see so many lawsuits. I'll tell you why. Donald Trump, Tuesday, the red mirage, they call it. Trump landslide victory, 362 electoral votes, says Helmut Norpoth. Maybe he's wrong. Let's say Trump wins. The Democrats are going to say, but wait, lawsuit. 
We have a man from Pennsylvania who says his vote was never received through no fault of his own. His right to vote was infringed upon by a broken system. Therefore, we must challenge these results. And there it is. There cannot be closure to this election. If 10,000 phone calls have gone in saying, where's my ballot? Because now they're going to say, let's say Trump wins by six, 7,000. If 10,000 people never receive their ballots, then the election is compromised. A federal judge might have to rule a new election must be done, which could take us well into December. Who knows? Maybe the Supreme Court intervenes mid-December when the deadline hits. I believe the deadline is December 14th for the Electoral College final vote. Who are they going to who are they going to side with? Perhaps it's Donald Trump or perhaps it's not. Trump may think he's bringing on constitutionalists, but there's no guarantee they side with him. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh and Gorsuch haven't not on everything. I don't know what's going to happen, but I tell you what, the Trump campaign is going to sue. There's going to be back and forth lawsuits and it's going to reach a point where the courts will have to make a decision regardless of the lawsuits. That's right. It's possible, in my opinion, we get a President Pelosi. If the votes votes aren't counted and the Supreme Court abstains and says no, or I should say the Supreme Court rules will go beyond the deadline, the 20th hits. Speaker of the House would become president. Well, president pro tempore of the Senate becomes president. Uh, um, I believe Speaker of the House would become president first, assuming the election across the board isn't done and Congress isn't sworn in. Then it would be president pro tempore of the Senate. Otherwise, I got no idea. I don't know who comes after that, but I believe that's Chuck Grassley right now. I can't predict any of this stuff, but I can tell you if Donald Trump and Joe Biden are both planning lawsuits and they are, what about regular people? What happens when 10,000 people file a lawsuit saying our votes were never received and we didn't get to vote in this election? Pennsylvania will have no choice but to say our election has failed and these people have lost their votes. The Supreme Court, in my opinion, will probably rule in favor of Trump, probably saying no, it is not the fault of the rest of the country that you screwed up. Therefore, the, the results stand. Maybe that's the game. I don't know. I'll tell you what happens after that. Then the left is going to say Trump did not win. Many people's votes were disenfranchised and they're going to blame Trump. You see, it's all being lined up. The post office is purposefully crippling everything. And then these mail problems happen. That was Trump's fault. Now, it was the Democrats fault for changing the rules in the first place. But that's what they'll say. Then they'll claim Trump stole the election because his his packing the courts, as they call it, which literally just means appointing Supreme Court justices, gives him the advantage. And we're going to see a six to three split, probably. Actually, we'll probably see a five to four split because Chief Justice Roberts seems to love siding with the left of the court. But then Trump becomes president by Supreme Court ruling and the left will say illegitimate president. You see, they wanted Trump to be illegitimate in 2016. Trump won fair and square. And, and Hillary Clinton still says he's illegitimate. He, he has the specter of illegitimacy. No, that's you. Go away. Bye-bye. You lost. Donald Trump won. But they've desperately tried claiming that Trump is not legitimately the president. Give them the opportunity and they'll take it. Even if Trump wins definitively, I believe they will sue after the fact and argue. You see all these lawsuits? These people's votes weren't counted and it's not fair. Donald Trump should should not have won. He's not the president. And he will be. But it won't matter. The narrative is what is, is what's going to be very important for them to claim that, in fact, they are the morally superior ones. Or I'll tell you what. It may just be that Donald Trump loses. Maybe it won't matter. Or 
Maybe it's Donald Trump supporters who are the ones filing the lawsuits, saying that mail-in voting stole their vote. And then they'll say, but Donald Trump did X. No, Democrats changed the rules. What if these 10,000 phone calls are from Trump supporters? What if that's actually what's going to happen? Democrats will then be the ones who are at fault for the broken and bunk election. And when Trump sues and wins, people might say, if only the Democrats never said mail-in vote, Trump would not have sued and won and become president. I don't know who's going to be president. I don't know. Um, a lot of people think it's going to be Donald Trump. A lot of people don't. But I'll tell you one thing that I find very strange. Supreme Court rules North Carolina can accept mail-in ballots up to nine days after the election. Why did, didn't they rule in, in, in Wisconsin they couldn't do this? Why is the Supreme Court ruling that some states can and some states can't? I don't know. Does kind of seem like they're picking the winners and losers then. They're like, North Carolina is going to be open up for nine days after the election. So North Carolina, what, goes blue or red? I have no idea, man. I do find it strange. My bigger concern is that by screwing with election integrity, it doesn't matter. You got big old piles of, of, of mail, mail stacked up in post offices giving anyone, Trump or Biden, an excuse to claim, uh, an excuse to claim the, the election was not legitimate. Of course, Biden has the media on his side, the establishment. If Donald Trump loses and says it's not fair, they'll laugh. Ha ha ha. If Donald Trump wins, they'll say it's not fair and they'll burn everything to the ground. That's the scariest thing, I suppose. A stack of lawsuits flying in and them blaming Donald Trump and then us getting another four years of Russia gate. Only this time it'll be called mail vote gate or postal gate or whatever. I don't know. Trump didn't really win. He cheated. He used the post office to cheat. They're still claiming Russia. And that's not true. And that's what I just can't stand anymore. I'm getting tired. But uh, Tuesdays are coming. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. What does rapper Lil Wayne have in common with football legend Brett Favre? They're both supporting President Trump. All right. Donald Trump has created a special unity in this country. Rapper, celebrity, superstar, football, athletic legend coming together under that Trump banner. Okay, to be fair, rapper Lil Wayne didn't officially endorse Donald Trump, but he said he's working with him and that Trump's going to get the job done to help black America. I think that endorsement carries a lot of weight. We heard 50 Cent complaining about his taxes. I don't know who he's voting for. Lil Pump said, I'm not paying these taxes. But you got Ice Cube saying, I'm not playing politics with this. I'm going to work with who, who, whoever is in charge to help black America. Mad respect to Ice Cube. Don't play politics with it. Do what you what you think is right to fight for what you believe in. I respect that. Don't let people pull you down and make you into a Trump supporter or into a Trump hater. That's ridiculous. And they're trying to do it. But a lot of high profile rappers, celebrities and, and, and prominent individuals in the black community are coming forth and saying Donald Trump's going to do this job. And I think that's going to really help him. We're seeing a lot of I mean, there's also a video of a dude holding a gun and screaming at the camera. Get my president's name out of your mouth. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Like this dude is telling people to back off. And I got mad respect. Like so many people want to come out and just rag on Trump. And, it, and it's and for BS reasons. Come at me with some real arguments. You know what I mean? But this dude. Anyway, we got these two endorsements. OK, you got rapper Lil Wayne. You got Brett Favre. These are celebrities. Why should we care about what celebrities think? That's why I wanted to wrap in a hat trick editorial from the Boston Herald, a newspaper. 
The Herald endorses Donald Trump. It's from a couple days ago. This is the academic and journalistic approach to why they would support Donald Trump. And while we have rapper Lil Wayne meeting with Trump, not an official endorsement, he said, just had a great meeting with real Donald Trump. Besides what he's done so far with criminal reform, the platinum plan is going to give the community real ownership. He listened to what we had to say today and assured he will and can get it done. And then the little hang 10 emoji. Trump's proposed platinum plan includes creating 3 million jobs in the black community over the next four years, increasing access to capital by nearly $500 billion, and strengthening Trump's immigration policies to protect American jobs, according to his website. Ice Cube also said he was working with Trump, but that he's not playing politics with this. I'm willing to meet with anybody who can bring this to life and make it a reality. So my respect to both of them, you don't got to endorse Trump. Just, just, just fight for making people's lives better, and I'll respect you. Brett Favre, however, he came out with a hard, direct, straight endorsement for the president, saying, my vote is for, is for what makes this country great, freedom of speech and religion, Second Amendment, hardworking, taxpaying citizens, police and military. In this election, we have freedom of choice, which all should respect. For me, in these principles, my vote is for real Donald Trump. The endorsement comes a little more than a week since Favre asked Trump during a town hall how professional sports leagues should promote an anti-racism position without alienating fans. Trump, speaking from the White House, responded, people don't want to see all of the politics. They've got enough politics with me and everybody else they don't want to see with it on. Uh, they don't want to see it with football on sports on Sunday or whenever they happen to be watching. Favre mostly avoided making political statements throughout his playing career and since retiring in 2010. But in July, he was photographed golfing with Trump. The two discussed the importance of sports as a critical, unifying and uplifting part of the safe reopening of America. White House Deputy Press Secretary Brian Morgenstern said, according to CNN, to CNN, Trump is getting support from the NFL as well. But listen, like I said, celebrities, why do we care about celebrities thing? I don't listen. My respect to anybody who wants to voice their opinion, be it Brett Favre, Taylor Swift, Lil Wayne, anybody. But just like I don't think Taylor Swift knows what she's on about, I'm not going to come out and be like, you're right, Brett Favre. Your opinion is some, for some reason better. Listen, Brett Favre plays football. He played football. He retired. One of the best. Taylor Swift, she makes music. Actually, yes, one of the best. I know a lot of people might not like her because she came out supporting Biden. I don't like Biden. I prefer Trump. I respect them both for speaking their minds, and I don't care about either of their opinions. Now, you want to know whose opinion I really don't care about? <laughs> Newspapers. They should not be endorsing presidents at all. I don't care if it's for Trump or for Biden. I don't like the Boston Herald endorsing Trump. And I don't like the Washington Post endorsing Biden. USA Today endorsing Biden. All the newspapers are probably going to endorse presidents. That's stupid. You shouldn't do that. But for the sake of showing you the, the, the editorial and journalistic approach to an endorsement, I think it's important that I at least what they have to say. And they're endorsing Trump, and I'll still criticize them for it. The Herald says the 2020 presidential election is about what people don't want as much as what they actually do want. For the left, getting Donald Trump out of office tops the wish list. It's been that way since the day after 2016's election. For them, everything the president has done is bad. Every move sinister and every policy one more nail in the progressive coffin. To be fair, Trump hasn't done himself any favors with his incessant tweets, revolving door cabinet and mixed messaging on the coronavirus. I want to clap for the Herald now. I actually agree with that. Yeah. Biden allegedly offers a return to normalcy. But what's normal in 2020? 
giant murder bees, I guess. Biden's platform is a risky love letter to social justice warriors and those who believe capitalism is the root of all evil. For starters, Biden wants to increase the corporate tax rate. The Hill cited an economic study by Kevin Hassett and Apama Mather, which concluded that corporate tax hikes lead to a substantial decrease in wages and spending and spurred businesses to move out of the country. That's not what we need, especially as a report by Yelp that found 60% of businesses around the U.S. that shut down due to the coronavirus will remain closed forever. Think about what Biden's going to do. Under the Obama administration, Trans-Pacific Partnership, open up trade across the Atlantic. I'm sorry, the Pacific. We already had agreements with Europe and stuff like that. So yeah, Pacific uh, agreements will open up, making it easier for us to ship our manufacturing jobs to these Pacific uh, Pacific Rim nations and well, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Why did I call it the Trans-Pacific Partnership and then flub and say Atlantic? Wow, I must be tired. Anyway, then Joe Biden crank, cranks up the corporate tax rate. So all these companies go, guess I'll go to China. Yeah, sounds like a really bad idea. Anyway, they say Biden has big plans for spending some five point four trillion for universal pre-K, free community college, clean energy and other programs. The wealthy will foot the bill thanks to eliminating the Republican tax cuts and making the rich, quote, pay their fair share. But a look at the data released by the Congressional Budget Office analyzing 2017 household income shows the top 20 percent of households already pay 87.1 percent of federal income taxes and 69.2 percent of all federal taxes. And the top 1 percent of households pay an average income tax rate of 24.4 percent, while the middle 20 percent of households pay an average income tax rate of 3.3 percent. Wow. Biden has also pledged to create 1 million new well-paying jobs in the American automobile industry, a neat trick following massive job cuts in recent years by auto manufacturers. Part of the reason for those cuts can be traced to a decline in global light vehicle sales, fueled by drops in demand in China and India. As the global economy has taken a wallop due to the coronavirus pandemic, one wonders how demand will shoot up to the point that job cuts can be reversed. And as I already stated, how is he going to bring back auto manufacturing when he opens up free trade deals and then cranks up the corporate tax rate? Ford and any other company is going to be like, oh, let's uh, let's pop over to China for a bit. What do you say? Most disconcerting is that Biden's platform is a potluck of agendas pushed by far lefty party members such as Bernie Sanders and AOC. Sanders and Biden hashed out a progressive unity platform this summer, and AOC joined other progressive lawmakers in telling Biden who uh, who he shouldn't have in his cabinet. All of this, of course, ignores the, the fact that pre-COVID Donald Trump's economy was going gangbusters. Last year, the jobless rate dropped to 3.5 percent, the lowest in 50 years. The jobless rate for Hispanics hit a record low of 3.9, while African-Americans maintained the lowest rate at 5.5. The Dow hovered around 19,000 was Trump was, when Trump was first elected. Last year, it hit above 26,000. Good news for everyone with a 401k. Trump didn't spend his way to a robust economy. He cut regulations and got tougher on trade negotiations. He's against defunding police for holding China accountable for COVID-19 negligence, uh, accountable for COVID-19 negligence and putting America's America first on trade, defense, the courts and again, the economy. Here's what America needs right now. Decisive action to get us back to pre-pandemic strength, not an unfeasible spending spree in the name of a progressive utopia. The Boston Herald endorses Donald Trump for president. Listen, I don't think newspapers should be endorsing presidents. I don't like it at all. And I am pointing this out specifically as they are endorsing Donald Trump, who I voted for. However, all of their points are spot 
on, nail on the head with the hammer. My friends, what Brett Favre had to say was a very generic, woohoo, go America. I'm not a fan. I don't care. Taylor Swift gave us the woohoo, Joe Biden. I also don't care. Rapper Lil Wayne isn't saying he's going to vote for Trump. He's saying Trump's helping the black community. That I care about. I really like that. Glad to see people voicing their opinions in that regard. What the Boston Herald is pointing out is the facts, the hard facts, and the reason why a vote for Donald Trump is the right vote. For me, critical race theory plays a huge role. I want to see Trump ban these ridiculous and illegal, at least as far as I understand, trainings that violate Civil Rights Act. I like the Civil Rights Act. My family has personal history with it. It's a good thing for us and for everyone. I want Donald Trump to end the ridiculous wars. I want him to bring about peace in the Middle East and stabilize the region. I want Donald Trump to bring the economy back to the levels it was in 2019, because in the beginning of this year before COVID, when I was building out my studio, people all over were telling me 2019 was the best year of their lives in terms of their income. And that was Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. So while Joe Biden is hiding in the basement and people are telling you we're voting against Donald Trump, tell him this. From sports legends to, to rap legends, to, to rap legends and, and superstars to the Boston Herald themselves. There are real reasons to vote for this president and don't believe the fake news. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. and I will see you all then.